join us in a world where you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Sit back as we discuss hard lessons from the best and brightest the personal defense and competition shooting industry has to offer. Let us help you help yourself, no matter where you are on your personal path. Ballistic Radio is brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. Now here's your host, John Johnson. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. I'm your host, John Johnson. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com and get the latest behind-the-scenes info, photos, videos, motivational things, because I'm much more positive now, and I would never argue with anybody. I actually can't remember the last online argument I've had, which is scary. Um, at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. Hey, Joe. What's going on? Not much. Second one for the day after a uh, unplanned long hiatus. Um, hopefully, my ability to speak and read has increased somewhat. I have confidence in you. Well, I appreciate you believing in me, uh, and I'm ready. You're ready. Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, I need to watch SpongeBob. I think my life would be better. God, I need to. I need to introduce my daughter to SpongeBob. I don't think <clears throat> she's seen that. Oh, great. Look, I forgot that. No, no, leave it in. F it, we'll do it live. All right. Ah, coffee will fix it. Hey, guess what? What's that? This segment also brought to you by Centurion Arms. Even if you're just a cook, a lowly, lowly cook, or you call in tactical nukes from your couch every night with ease, you need to know that your life-saving equipment is going to work, and Centurion Arms knows that too. Veteran-owned and operated Centurion Arms is dedicated to producing firearms, parts, and accessories with an outstanding level of quality, functionality, and precision at prices you can afford. Whether you just need a new rail or barrel or something else to finish off your latest build, or maybe you want to take all the guesswork out and buy a complete rifle, Centurion Arms has got what you need and knows that when you need it, you need it to work. Visit CenturionArms.com today to check out all their awesome products. Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. So joining us, and I'm super excited about this uh, for reasons that we will delve into shortly, is Dwayne Liptak. Hey, Dwayne. How's it going? Outstanding. How are you? I cannot complain, man. I really appreciate you um, taking the time out of your weekend to to come and talk to us. It means a lot to me. For those that don't know, um, who are you and who do you work with? well, uh, I am uh, the EVP of Magpul Industries. Uh, I run the uh, product management, uh, marketing, and uh, legislative affairs, PR, and some other things uh, for the company. And I am also a bit of a roller head. <laughs> Is that what I am now, apparently, I guess? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's, you know, one of the terms of endearment once you catch the sickness. Yeah, yeah. So what we're going to talk about today, if, if people have been following my um, online adventures, uh, they'll have noticed that I recently picked up a, uh, a 19, 1988 flavor of HK MP5 um, that happens to not be neutered. So it's a, the full auto version. I've got my SOT. It's a dealer sample. So I don't want anyone to think that 
I'm uh, I'm like rolling in it and buying transferables, right? But um, and honestly, dude, so I've been into guns my entire life. I've been working inside of the industry for the last ten years, and it's probably the only gun that I have actually been genuinely excited about owning in a very, very long time because it's just fun. And it's also incredibly useful. And you guys just started making stuff for it, um, which makes it even more better. Uh, so I guess let's my, – my first question is, like, how did that happen? That, that does not seem like an obvious choice for Magpul to delve into that because up until recently, um, you know, HK just started um, – like selling the the SP89s again, I guess the the pistol variant. But up until recently, man, you couldn't really get um, these super easily unless you were buying like um, one of the the D- Dakota guns or the the Zenith, right? So, so how, how did that happen? Well, um, a lot of things. Uh, one is that a lot of us are big uh, roller delay blowback fans within company and, and always have been uh so we've wanted to do it but it, it like you said it, it hasn't made a lot of financial sense um the there have been some things going on with some increased production from various outlets and you know ptr picked up started making some things there's some other folks that are have some things in the work uh are in work for some uh larger volumes of platforms of this type and so we figured it was time to, to go ahead and do this since it was something that we wanted to do for so long. And, and since it started to make some financial sense. So uh, we uh, embarked on uh, doing this. So, it's, it's, you know, that yes, there's a, it's a smaller number. But, uh, I mean, some of us have had guns all the way back to, you know, the Kohari Arms and uh, Bobcats and SWs and stuff like that uh, from the, you know, the early Todd Bailey days and seeing the, the advances in American uh, uh, reproduction guns or clone guns since then. And now it's, uh, it's kind of the heyday of uh, roller delay blowback stuff, thanks to you know, a lot of work by folks at PTR and guys holding the standard um, like Joe uh, at Dakota to make phenomenal guns up to this day that you know, rival anything HK's ever done. Well, and so this is kind of one of those um, and, and I think this is, so you mentioned that this is kind of like the heyday and, and I, I actually kind of agree with you that we're approaching that. Um, or maybe we're in it. I, you know, Magpul's making stuff for him now. So, Hey, whatever. Uh, uh sure. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. The, the thing about this is that, that I sort of noticed is that it's one of those things that these, these guns are so iconic because they were featured in every single action movie I can remember since I was a little kid, um, that they're kind of one of those guns that, you know, and, and, and we'll get into the usefulness of them in a second because I think they're incredibly useful. But just from like a, a once factor is like they're kind of one of those things that it doesn't really matter what you're into or not into. Everybody kind of digs them like to one level or another. Have you noticed that? Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm a, a Gen Xer, of course. And so anybody that grew in, anywhere near that kind of time frame and age grew up, like you said, seeing the, the MP5 and its various uh, incarnations in just about every action movie uh, that, that came out. 
Uh, and so, and of course, then, you know, the you know, Op Nimrod and Princess Gate and the whole thing and all that stuff. And uh, it's just, it's been, it's a, it's a sexy firearm. It's just cool. Uh, and like you said, it is exceptionally useful as well. And there's always been a mystique about HK uh, type stuff, of course, which is, uh, you know, kind of goes along with that. And we suck and they hate us and, and all that sort of thing. But right. actually, yeah. but uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's been, there's, there's a level of unattainable type uh, aspect to it in some ways in some of the, the configurations or certainly rarity. Uh, and now it's, you know, it's, it's becoming, I, I would say it is more attainable right now than it's probably ever been to get a, a solid functional, uh, and reliable copy of, uh, of one of those firearms and, you know, MKE and POF imports and, and stuff like that as, as well as the domestic, uh, uh, produced one. Well, so for somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience with them, and I'm, and like I'm learning, but I'm learning slowly because I'm not that smart, and it you know it takes me a while to pick anything up, but but I'm <laughs> I'm tenacious. Uh, for th- what what are some of the things about these guns that make them a little bit different than uh, what people might be used to, not used to? Well, it's, it's they're they're interesting. If you're used to the AR platform, uh, of course, the upper is uh, the serialized portion, and the lower, uh, being the trigger housing, is interchangeable and not serialized in any way, shape, or form, unless uh, the, you have a a, a registered uh, pack or a registered sear machine gun, in which case, then that of course becomes the serialized item, as well as the upper. Uh, it, they're they're neat from a from a collector's perspective with uh, with full auto stuff or class three type stuff because of the fact that with one pack, uh, you can shoot a number of uh, post firearms, the way it's kind of uh, termed there, with that pack. And, and you have full auto capability with a, a bunch of those. So you legally get one transferable uh, sear or, you know, DLO box or something like that. Uh, and, or as a, you know, a, as a postie, if you are an SOT, uh, you have one pack, and and you can switch that back and forth amongst firearms uh, as well. Now the registered receivers got receiver guns. Obviously, that doesn't work the same way, but uh, it, you have the capability to use one trigger housing or pack uh, um, amongst many firearms. So you get the capability to shoot a bunch of different guns uh, with that transferable pack. One of the things that's kind of neat about them and different. The other is that. Um, the trigger group's kind of different than what uh, uh, most folks are used to on anything. They, they were pretty smart about how they did it with uh, respect to being able to fire full auto or uh, semi. Uh, arguably, the triggers can be uh, a little heavy uh, and a little uh, creepy uh, uh, right out of the box uh, for uh, semi-type stuff. And that can be a, that can be remedied uh, if you're if you're careful about it. But uh, the, the bottom line is it's extremely controllable when you're trying to talk about uh, semi and full. And in full, in, a, in, a, in an MP5 with the, you know, the third position on the switch, it's really easy to fire exactly the number of rounds that you even tend to, even the, you know, the higher cyclic rates. Uh, the trigger is positionally sensitive so that uh, it's, you know, if you don't go far enough back, it's only going to fire one shot. But if you pull it through to pull the, push the disconnector out of the way or push the sear out of the way so that the, the the roller catch is working, then you're you're running full auto. So it's kind of a there's a lot of things about it that are neat. Uh, the other thing uh, I guess I could go into is that not gas, right? So there's no gas tube, no gas system. Uh, just like uh, the big brother, the G3, its predecessor there. Uh, 
there's it's recoil operated and it's that roller delayed system which is really kind of neat the gun's never truly locked up um and the power the basically the power of the ammunition the recoil force generated by it bolt face face thrust is what powers the entire you know operating system um and it's ex, you know extremely rebuildable or um uh, adjustable once things like bolt cap change you, you can always swap rollers out uh things like that uh and you can switch locking pieces to accommodate various powers of ammunition so it's kind of like being able to change the gas port size on your uh your ar at will by swapping out one part right well it also makes for um at least in my experience an incredibly controllable gun and, and you sort of alluded to that um but you know, I, I've I've been very fortunate in that I've gotten to play with a lot of different machine guns. And as far as like usability goes, like actual usability, I'm hard pressed to think of something that's more functional um, than than those guns. You know? Yep. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it's a, the roller blade system uh, ends up with you get lower reciprocating mass basically than a blowback gun, and the recoil impulse doesn't slam you uh, back and forth as much like a blowback gun does. So you end up with less secondary recoil, less muzzle rise from that. And of course, nine mil is uh, kind of sedate uh, to begin with. Right. The gun is not exceptionally lightweight, but it's certainly not an Uzi. Uh, and, uh, the combination of all those things, as well as the ergonomics and where the, the line of bore is in relation to your shoulder when firing ends up with, uh, something that's pretty sweet to, to hang on to. Right. Um, we got to go to break. So I, and I've got some more questions for you specific to like some of the things that, that you guys have, have done and, um, might hypothetically be doing at Magpul with those guns. But, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Right now we're talking with, uh, Dwayne Liptak from, from Magpul. Uh, you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977. Legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the EDC X9 series, which offers discriminating shooters, 1911 match grade accuracy, superior ergonomics, and concealability with modern service pistol capacity, as well as reliability at www.wilsoncombat.com. So we're talking with Dwayne Liptak um, about MP5 stuff and HK stuff, I guess, um, but... You you were sort of talking about some of the the things that make these guns um, different than what what people might be interested in or what people might have experience with, uh, I should say. And I guess my my next question is: What were some of the um, issues that you guys were wanting to address when you're like, all right, you know what, we'll we'll do MP5 stuff? What were what were some of the things that that were like just Right out front, this is what we want to work on. So uh, one of the biggest things is obviously the forend and being able to, to hang appropriate stuff off the front front end of the gun to uh, for modern applications. Uh, and there's some challenges uh, there with fitment and getting something to fit um, rigidly and stiff enough to, to be able to, to not have it wiggle. The, the 
basically the factory setup uses uh, an unreinforced uh, polymer kind of almost like a spring leg. It goes against the front of the trunnion, and then the uh, the front five millimeter pin just kind of allows it to have a little bit of wiggle in there. Right. Uh, there's various systems with the metal hand guards that have come out, but we wanted to do one that didn't have any moving parts. Uh, and so I think we were pretty successful with uh, geometry there and being able to, to do a rigidly mounted platform that you can use the included kind of Chicago screw that goes in from both ends and end up with a super rigid four end mounting system, or you can use the five millimeter pin and, uh, and it, it'll be still pretty rigid, uh, more so most than most of the, uh, factory or aftermarket, uh, polymer options, but, uh, uh, a little easier to take on and off if, uh, you want to for, uh, cleaning or whatever. Yeah. The, uh, so being able to hang stuff on the gun is, is, is important and, and location of the, uh, the slots on that is always a trick, tricky because the, uh, the, you know, the, the cocky handle gets in the way of stuff on the left-hand side, but, um, you got to, so you have to be careful about where you mount things. But, uh, so we kind of try to do that with, uh, with that in mind where, where the, uh, M-lock slots are and things like that. And also hand stop, things like that. And, uh, you know, grip the, uh, more parallel to the bore rather than the uh, tapering of the original. So a lot of ergonomic things as well on that, that fore end. So those are some of the things there. When you get to the grip housing, that one is uh, the biggest complaint and the biggest problem with uh, all of the roller blade guns has been reaching the doggone selector lever with your, with human sized thumbs. Yep. Um, it's, it's just a little bit too uh, short. Uh, unless you're talking about an ESSL on an ambi pack, which, you know, the longer lever, once uh, you go to an ambi or a burst lower, you can get the extended safety selector lever uh, from the factory. Uh, and they're like the way they kind of wiggled, um, even though they are pretty cool. But uh, in any case, so you, you're dealing with a regular SEF or SF style pack that metal safety has never been appropriate. There've been some aftermarket options that just extend the uh, selector uh, but uh, they're pricey, and then you don't have the option for an, an ambi-side uh, deal on some of them. Some of them are expensive and do uh, do that. So <clears throat> we decided we wanted to do a selector lever, and in the meantime, uh, since we were doing furniture for, you know, kind of looking to with an eye towards potential OEM programs, we figured, well, let's let's optimize the, the grip housing as well, and so we can – it's always it's always been slippery. So and there's a lot of guys run uh, like I've for I don't know a couple of decades I've run a bicycle inner tube around the grip housing uh, the grip portion of the regular MP5 uh, grip just to provide a little bit of extra uh, attraction there. Uh, so we changed the grip angle, made it a little bit longer, so it uh, actually accommodates human sized hands uh, as well from for length or Steve Fisher sized hands even. Uh, and we added some grip storage, uh, the, the appropriate texture. And then we also, the back strap is modified to improve the reach to trigger, uh, a little better uh, trigger finger geometry uh, for a straight to the rear pull with a, with a normal size hand, as well as to uh, help accommodate selector reach even with the factory selector, even if you don't decide to, you know, you slip out our housing, but you, you still want to keep the, uh, the regular SDF or SF style uh, safety. So all those things ergonomically um, to add up to being able to run the gun in modern kind of uh, perspectives so that uh, it's, it's easy to run the selector. Back in the day with, when the MP5 was the 
the firearm of the day for uh, entry teams uh, and that all that sort of sexiness, uh, you know, it was common practice to uh, run that selector down to full and uh, keep your finger out of the trigger guard before you committed to entry because it was just difficult to reach the selector from uh, a, a when the gun is mounted in your shoulder. Right. Uh, so that doesn't jive with how uh, we run things now that we have an AR with an actually ergonomically uh, place safe to a selector. And so now you can uh, you can do that with with our um, ESK or the combination of the ESK and the SL grip. Right. Um, so I have, um, I've got the 4N. So I have a push pin gun, um, which, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm happy to have no, it. Awesome. Yeah, no, it is. Um, so the 4N is amazing. Uh, much, like, I had high expectations, but um, even with high expectations, just completely uh, surpassed all that. And, and just the... You know, you guys have an integrated hand stop at the bottom of the uh, the forend, and just the way the geometry is in general, it allows me to get my hand just a tiny bit further forward than I could um, with any other forend that that I had uh, tried. And I hadn't tried all of them, so you know, don't don't want to say that I am speaking from a vast wealth of of experience on that end. But uh, makes the gun a lot more enjoyable, and and as you said, even even with the 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 push pin um incredibly solid mounting like like impressively solid um and i i have your guys's uh, safety too unfortunately with the push pin gun i'm not going to be able to to get one of the grip uh modules on there uh at, as it currently stands which makes me sad i'm not gonna lie um but makes the gun a lot more usable especially as you said uh, with some of the modern doctrines that we've got as far as how and when uh, you should be on fire or off fire, uh, excuse me, on fire or on safe. Um, and and the other, and, and some people know this, not a lot of people do, but like I've actually got um, club thumbs. So like my thumbs are about uh, <laughs> 60% of what normal people's thumbs are. I've got Megan Fox thumbs. You know, but but she wears it better, I guess. Uh, but but anyway, even then, the gun is still usable the way that I think modern defensive firearms should be used, and and that's really kind of awesome because with the um, you know with the the standard uh, safety that was on there or selector that was on there previously, I had to do the have the gun at forty five degree angle thing. Um, yep. You know, which is where that came from, as far as I know. Um, you see people with long guns at a weird angle. That was so people could get to the safeties on them, um, which worked kind of, but wasn't ideal. Um, so, so do you think that I, I, so now that you're kind of bringing this platform into modern times, um, do you think that, there's much more viability for these kind of guns for actual use uh, with with sort of those improvements, or is the M4 still the way to go 100% of the time, all the time, and that is the answer? Do you kind of see what I'm asking? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that there's, I mean, 
it's it's hard to dethrone the the M4 or the AR platform um, because you know you end up with a even in a, when you start talking SBR stuff with a similar size and weight platform, you can have five, five, six, uh, and the uh, the extended ranges that are capable there. You've got the decreased risk of over penetration with uh, a fragmenting type five, five, six projectile. Um, all those things like that. Uh, that you know the fact that uh, it's uh, a little easier. You get hold, hold open or, so that uh, you know last round and all, all those little things that are, that make that platform as uh, as as popular and as as usable as it is. And the, you know the HK is, is and is not going to get there from some of those aspects. There is no bolt hold open, uh, and you've got uh, there's still not a real effective way to reach the push button mag release, although I, I do like levers um, and uh, it doesn't really, I don't really think that takes a whole lot away from it, but uh, you're dealing with the nine mil um, cartridge, which is, uh, you know, kind of pluses and minuses. It's super easy to suppress, very quiet. Um, it is uh, an effective round, obviously, especially out of a little bit longer barrel. There's nothing to take away from that. Um, so, I've always um, liked it from an applicability perspective. Does it is it ever going to replace the five five six again? Like some resurgence of uh, nine mil? Uh, there there are applications for it. I think there's specific times where it makes sense. Uh, I don't look uh, for anyone that's currently fielding in an operational perspective an AR type platform or M four type platform to to jump back to it. But um, you know, bottom line, there's it certainly increases the viability of the of the platform uh, for the purposes for which a nine mil uh, is is especially suited. Right. Well, and I kind of have another direction I want to go with that, or, or you know, sort of a jumping off point for you to go a, a direction with that. Um, but we are actually right on a break, um, and I don't want to ask the question and then have to interrupt you. So yeah, uh, right now we're talking with uh, Dwayne Liptak from Magpul. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. This segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place for you to find all of your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the lumens from ModLite at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and now you need an RMR in your carry gun? Well, BigTexOutdoors.com has those and they don't judge. Glock accessories? Yes. Fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTexOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike and you'll like Ike too. Visit BigTexOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. So right now we're talking with Dwayne Liptak from uh, Magpul about MP5 stuff. And and sort of the question that I had had before was, you know, are we going to see the, these style of guns? Um, is, is there a place for them, uh, essentially? And, you know, you brought up some some amazing points that are, that are always kind of the talking points from uh, the perspective of the, uh, why the M4 is the M4 and why so many people are using it. Now from a, there are a couple of different aspects that, you know, I, I'm not saying I agree with them or not agree with them, but at least I hear them brought up and I, I kind of like to get your thoughts on that. Um, one of them is when we start talking about a PD 
PDW, so per- personal defensive weapon or personal defense weapon. Um, you know, people try and sort of shoehorn the M4 style platform into that. Um, but maybe you could speak to some of the issues with that as far as when you get into barrel lengths, especially with 5.56 five, that are under, you know, 10 inches. And then the other one, too, and this was actually something I hadn't heard before, but kind of was um, kind of like, huh, I, I hadn't considered that. Um, have a, I'm not going to say a buddy of mine because we don't go have beers or anything like that, but an acquaintance of mine that um, was was uh, an SAS dude for um, quite some time and then did some other things as well. And he sort of said that he always preferred the MP5, especially if they were doing vehicle stuff, just because firing it inside of a car was a much less uh, painful experience than a short barrel AR, you know, which hadn't wasn't something I had considered just because I haven't had to do that as part of my job. But uh, do you want to speak to either either one of those, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, uh, when you're dealing with, you know, five grains of uh, fast burning pistol powder versus 20 some odd grains of a rifle powder, um, there is less gas uh, and overpressure produced by the uh, nine mil. uh, And of course, less uh, overall volume uh, when you're uh, not, uh, you know, suppressed, different story, Um, you know, and, and the, but you still have you know sonic crack and things like that, and, and the, the platform becomes much longer uh, with a five five six when you throw the can on the end than the uh, the, the, the nine mil five point five or, or eight and a half inch barrel. Uh, so yeah, absolutely some benefits there firing inside the house and that sort of thing. When you're talking about unsuppressed stuff, a nine mil is far less likely to blow your drums out. Uh, especially that guy that shows up at the shoot house uh, with uh, a 10-inch gun with a uh, Surefire 5.56 break on it. Yeah, um, I've been that guy. Totally sorry, sorry, <laughs> all my classmates. <laughs> and yes, and the AR system, you know, with 5.56, uh, when you go shorter than 10 inches, you have some issues, which is, you know, one of the, the regions where five or 300 blackout certainly has some, some benefits. But, you know, Nine mil guns, and especially the roller delayed guns, uh, which don't really care about. There's no gas system or anything like that to deal with. Um, they run exceptionally well at super short barrel length. I still really like um, the the K uh, variant or reverse stretch. You know, the 5.5 inch barrel with or without the the full size back end uh, with a with a folding stock to stuff in a messenger bag with a set of clamped mags. You know, it's uh, that's a super handy little uh, little package. To, to be able to to respond to something with so and it's it's very tiny yeah yeah i i'm not going to say whether or not my mp5 is sitting in the backpack next to my feet <laughs> in the studio or not but actually yes i will it is and it's nice um you know but that that's kind of sort of the point that i was getting to is that a lot of people for whatever reason, try and make one thing do everything. And yeah. the there are times and applications and situations where, you know, it's just like what I'm going to do with like a, a DMR-style gun is not going to be the same thing that I'm going to do with, with an MP5 or vice versa. Like they just they do different things, and I might need them for different things. And do you think maybe people lose sight of that? And are, are looking for like a one size fits all answer, and and maybe those aren't as 
prevalent as as people wish they were? Yeah, I think there's there's I think there's two ways to look at it. I think there's a little bit of that where um, it's it's too much of the one size fits all. Where like, ah, this is going to be on my one my one gun to rule them all, and I can do everything I want to with this and try to make a universal deal. And then I think there's another app. The other side of it is um, is uh, guys like me that will try to find any reason possible to justify setting up another platform <laughs> in, a, in a new interesting way. <laughs> So whether or not it's truly practical, but you can make some pretty good arguments that it is. And somewhere in the middle is, is really where the, um, I think the truth is, uh, I, I, yes, you can make a, a jack of all trades, uh, platform in, in, in a various, you know, various ways, but you know, I like, I like AKs. I like ARs. I like the, I have out of 20 different setups on ARs that each do something a little bit better or a little bit different. And I have a lot of roller delayed guns. Uh, for you know various things, I I like the platform all the way from little ones to the the great great big ones, and you know everything has its niche. Right. Um, let me ask you this, and I I, you know I completely completely do not expect you to go on record uh, on uh, on like your guys's further development plans for like new products and stuff like that. So I'm not I'm not asking that. Um, but if, you know, hypothetically, um, if you're comfortable talking about it, what, what are some other things with these guns that, you know, if you got to, to wave a magic wand or, or hit the Powerball tomorrow, uh, and, and, and could do just whatever you want and like, we're not beholden to anybody or anything, what are some other things with these guns that you would like to solve or address? What are some other like issues? Yeah, there's, you know, there's not a ton of issues, I guess, uh, per se, uh, magazines are expensive, but, uh, you know, of course, something that's, that a lot of people have commented on, why didn't you do magazines? Um, I will say that, you know, that's, that's always Various different magazines are always uh, something that we're looking at, working on. Um, Wait, you guys make magazines? I didn't know that. One or two different ones. You yeah. know, it's uh, it's kind of a sideline for us. Yeah, you know. The, uh, the, uh, so the, there's there's challenges when you, you come with any, any gun that was intended to be used with a sheet metal magazine, especially if there's not a lot of ribbing in that sheet metal magazine um, to fit the round stack appropriately, creates some challenges. Um when you try to make it out of polymer because you just did the wall thickness or their limitations there. And you, and a lot of folks know that have tried the MKE mags. They're like, ah, they're okay. And some other folks have tried it just because, Hey, we can make a mag that fits in the gun um, out of polymer. And that's not something that we necessarily want to do is just make something that fits in the gun and you can, you know, put a box, you know, a box with a spring that the rounds sort of fit in. Um, so we don't like to make mags that we don't aren't optimizing or increasing um, or at least matching the performance of the factory magazine. So there's a, you know, a long development process and a, a lot of uh, thinking and head scratching before we actually throw something out there. But I will say that this is, you know, one of those things that we've been looking at as well as, you know, we look at other pistol mags uh, besides the block. We look at things like this um, look at other calibers uh, that uh, are, could be interesting. Uh, so there's a, uh, you know, a lot of programs underway. There's a lot of neat stuff coming. Uh, some of which uh, will be uh, announced if we have a shot show for 2021. Right. Uh, and 
the, the meteor doesn't come before then, which is probably the next thing on the list. What? But um, Which is funny because in the headlines just yesterday was apparently there's one the size of the Empire State Building that is supposed to pass very close to us uh, in the next 24 hours. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You I'm know? not even sure if it's on B or real at this point. So, uh, Dude, yeah. You know, it's been a weird year. Um, yeah. We we got to go to break, and I I have one other. So you mentioned magazines, and I have one other question, sort of related to hypothetical things that maybe you're thinking about or not thinking about. But it's break time, so you can, and you probably know what I'm going to ask. But um, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Right now, we're talking with Dwayne Liptak from Magpul, and you are listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. Um, so we're talking with Dwayne Liptak and sort of MP5 stuff and sort of going back and forth. I got to ask, what's your, uh, what's your favorite stock to run on your guns? Which is going to segue into another question that I have. <laughs> um so uh right now my favorite gun uh that would be uh, in the mp5 class is i, I have a, a dakota gun uh full size that i have a spear adapter on with our k stock and a law folder which is probably the most expensive and inefficient way to put a stock on an mp5 uh, but the ergonomics are fantastic, and it gets the sighting plane up. This this gun Joe made for me and put rails on the front and back. So there's the you know the triple frame is not a triple frame; it's a double frame, uh, mm-hmm. and up front. And there's a piece of uh, pick rail that fits an Embus Pro, and then of course it's a railed receiver that fits the rear Embus Pro rear. And I have a regular height 1.45 inch uh, riser uh, T2 on it, and so it ends up or excuse me T1. And so it ends up being a regular AR sighting plane, and the uh, with the spear adapter and the stock and the and the, the stock height is there. That really um, gives you some straight to the rear recoil, and that gun is like super, super, super controllable. And I have a co-witness set up on it, so it's kind of neat. Um, it's that was my kind of exploratory. What would you do if you wanted to completely bring the gun uh, into modern usage? Kind of experiment. Although we have. Uh, we have some other things, you know, that uh, that we're looking at with with respect to some of those uh, those challenges. Well, and that sounds like a much more. Um, so, what I ended up having to do, well, it's I don't know if I had to do anything, but it's what I ended up doing was um, I really wanted to get one of the B and T folding stocks on there because, as far as folding stocks go, um, I have heard that they are the if you're going to do one, one of the ones that you want to take a look at. Uh, yeah, super. Yeah. Yeah. You can't find them anywhere. Um, so what yep. I had to do is uh, I ended up getting one of the S&B folding braces and then pulling the brace off and found one of the B&T actual stock sections. And they're supposed to be plug and play. Um, this is where Morgan Freeman should come in and say they weren't plug and play. And <laughs> some fitting was required uh, quite a bit, actually. But I got it on there. It works. Um it's still not ideal. And I mean, it works, it, it's fine, but it, it's not, 
I, I see room for improvement. Um, I guess what I really need to do is like beg and plead for you to introduce me to Joe and see if he'll do another one of similar setups that you did as far as your uh, your Elisa sights on the gun. I can figure out the other part on my own. But um, it, as far as, I mean, <clears throat> is that kind of one of those decisions that will be made based off of how the, the response is to the stuff that you've done so far and then like, all right, this went well, we'll do more stuff. Or is it kind of like, all right, we did this. It was cool. Um, you know, but we're not going to spend any more time developing stuff because the market's not there. Is that just kind of where you guys are at right now? Everything has a, you know, there's a business case attached to everything. Um, and you know, we're, pretty good track record of figuring out where it makes financial sense to do things. But sometimes there's strategic reasons to do reasons to do things. And sometimes there's just, you know, we're going to fill this, we're going to finish this out regardless of where things go. But I will say that absolutely the response to, you know, the inaugural products in a, in a group are kind of where things go. I mean, we made a magazine and we made a grip for the AK. Um, and based on the response to that, we did the entire rest of the, the package of AK stuff. And, the same thing uh, follows with any platform we go into the you know the hunter seven hundred or things like that. So there's there's always some uh, you know based on the response, especially in a category where you don't have any data uh, for your own products uh, or, or something similar enough, and you know you're just relying on kind of uh, what you can collect from various sources on numbers and things like that. But yeah, if uh, you know, we'll, we usually continue as, as a general rule with successful lines, we certainly continue to expand them. Uh, and even if even if the, the success it's not truly truly like the most effective thing we can doing at one point, but you know we've left something as an incomplete thought. There's uh, you know there's a certain personal satisfaction as well as <clears throat> strategic uh, from the perspective of uh, business perspective to to doing a, a complete thought for a given platform. Right. So what I'm what I'm trying to, everyone that's listening, what I'm trying to say is please go buy Magpul's MP5 stuff <laughs> so that yeah. they make a stock for my gun. That, that's, that's, and magazines too. I mean, because the, buying, buying magazines at 80 bucks a pop is painful. Painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought four magazines, um, at a good price, cheaper than what you could find them at, and and looked at the, you know, the two hundred and eighty dollars um, after after shipping was just like, oh, I I I'm used to buying P mags at fourteen bucks a pop. This hurts. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I I guess we we got a little bit of time left, but what are you excited about right now? Um. What what's what do you think's cool? Uh, what What are you like? Yeah, that's neat. Uh, anything at all D- doesn't need to be gun stuff. Can be gun stuff, um, but just wherever wherever your heart wants to take you right now. What What are you kind of juiced about? Mm, what am I juiced about? I'm juiced about the mixed numbers and the number of new gun owners in the United States. Um, uh, I think that's uh, that's something I'm excited about. Not necessarily gear related, but yeah. uh, it's, I'm very happy to see that kind of response with more people realizing that uh, that uh, your own protection is, is your responsibility, and I, I, I like to see that. Uh, from a product perspective, man, we've got some really cool stuff um, that I don't think a lot of people are expecting uh, for SHOT 2021 that I'm, I'm really, really excited to start talking about. I'm going to 
try my best not to spill beans between now and then. But uh, seeing you say that, the first thought in my head, so it, it's it's like that me other me meme, it, and uh-huh. and what it is is me. Don't upset the guests so that they'll come back on the show again, right? And then other me goes, try and get them to tell you stuff, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm always excited to see what you guys do and don't do um, because it, it's all well. One, um, it's it's really well thought out. Two, uh, I consider uh, Chris a friend of mine, and I know he works on a lot of this stuff. So it's kind of neat to see what your buddies are doing, right? Yeah. Um, and and three, and this is my favorite part, is your guys' product release marketing is amazing. Um, and and yeah. specifically, we'll tie it back into the MP5. You guys had like the 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 scenes from Die Hard, um, and and Predator in there. How hard was that to get that to actually be a thing? Was that pretty easy, or did that take some doing? Uh, as far as that release video, yeah, uh, I, I will say so. Our, our, our release, our ideation process for release videos starts, you know, basically once we've committed to uh, to making a product, we we start, you know, talking about what we're going to do to release it. Uh, and a lot of it is, uh, you know, sitting in a room and um, drinking, cracking jokes, and and you know, talking about what would be cool. Yeah, uh, and and things pop out of that and and with the mp5 it was uh, one of the it's, it's like this iconic kind of uh platform that everybody has loved uh for you know all of our you know since we were children basically with watching movies with that with that series of firearms in it and so it's a, well wouldn't it would be cool to to do a throw you know to mention some of those things uh, from some of the older stuff all the way up to some of the, the newer stuff, all the way up, you know, kind of Neo stuff and Matrix. <clears throat> but, uh, and so we were talking about that and we were talking about different, okay, what would you, would you do a Die Hard theme or would you do a Matrix theme and who's going to get what and what would, would we be, you know, hitting one demographic specifically or age demographic uh, mainly uh, if we went to one of the older movies versus one of the newer movies. And I said, well, let's, let's just do them all and uh and throw them all in there we actually had uh, some other stuff that we were going to do with uh, <laughs> that lucas films would have probably sued us uh that uh, with some of the aspects but uh <clears throat> we're going to work in star wars at some point too but oh. it uh it, it didn't uh we, we thought better of that yeah yeah disney likes to sue people uh so i hear but um Dude, I really, really appreciate you taking time um, out of your day to come talk to everybody. Um, I I know that you are a busy, busy dude, and you wear a lot of hats, so it, it means a lot to me. Uh, seriously, um, glad to do it. Yeah, Thank man. You um, I this this I do this with every guest. I with you, it's it's kind of superfluous because I'm pretty sure everyone listening knows where to find your stuff but if if people want to take a look at your products um or or buy your products where can they do that at? Uh, Mag, excuse me magpool.com is the best place to uh take a look see what we've got learn more about the the entire offering which is you know over a thousand SKUs at this point uh and uh, we do have a new website uh that uh as of you know kind of 
the start of this year uh, that is uh, much better laid out and we're pretty happy with uh, the information that's available there as well as kind of some communication sections and things like that show you what we're up to uh, as well as some other neat things that we do so great destination right now magpool.com learn about the products and see what we do sweet and, and the other thing i'll say too and this is this is impressive you've got like a thousand SKUs, and i think there's only one of them that i don't dig and and that's uh I know I know that sounds kind of like backhanded, but like that's really rare. You guys do amazing things. I can't recommend them highly enough. Uh, unpaid endorsement. So if you're on the fence, like Magpul puts out really, really well thought out stuff, and, and they probably probably have something for you that solves a problem you don't even know. So um, go check them out. Dwayne, thanks so much, man. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, again, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Yeah, you no worries. Yeah, yeah, I'll do my best, right? So, hey, guys, make sure you check out our website, BallisticRadio.com, like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Radio. And, hey, keep leaving those five-star review on iTunes, if you think we've earned it. Uh, really helps us out. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe. See you next week. Don't run away.